Hey folks, how we doing? This is Austin Williams. I'm your host today for Relevant Tones. I'm um, just going to do things a little bit differently today, do all the bookkeeping up front because I wanted it to uh, kind of end in a specific way. Um, so we're going to roll the credits at the beginning of the movie, as it were. I had this wonderful opportunity to go to Splice Festival as a participant this past uh, June. Um, met a plethora of um, wonderful and uh, quirky and kind folks there, um, all severely interested in uh, electronic music and otherwise. So had a chance to interview a few of them that had piece, um, pieces featured at the festival, um, all very unique in their approach. Um, and so I thought this would be a good um, snapshot of what this festival was all about. We're just going to we're going to roll it with these interviews. Um, but I wanted to take this time to also remind you that uh, Relevant Tones is a product of Axis Contemporary Music. Find out more at acmusic.org. And we will roll right into the interviews. All right, thanks. Okay, so I'm here with Max Gibbert, uh, Gibbert, <laughs> Max Gibson, excuse me, <laughs> um, at Splice on uh, Institute. Um, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Yeah, of course. Um, so this week is just a real whirlwind of like electronic and experimental and new music and. Um, I think there's over 50 participants here. It's it's kind of crazy. Um, and I had the pleasure of uh, actually giving Max a ride from the airport uh, from Chicago to the festival here in Kalamazoo. So we got to know, get to know each other a little bit there. Um, but I wanted to invite him onto the show to speak a little bit about his piece. So um, I know nothing about the piece you're doing, really, um, other than the instrumentation. So uh, feel yeah, what's up? What's going on with it? Um, yeah. Thanks. Yes. Uh, and it was a very, I was very grateful for the ride from Chicago to here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Splice um, has this collaborative project where they pair composers with um, com uh, with ensembles or, or solo performers. It, it kind of depends on uh, who's involved and who's applied. And so I was paired with the Waveform Collective, um, which is... Uh, made up of double bass and percussion mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and so that's what the piece is for it's double bass percussion and yeah i decided instead of um working with live electronics that's why i'm here at spice is to try and figure out how to do that yeah yeah um, is to kind of stick with fixed media um because i know my way around um doors and sure like so what are some of the sample sounds you're using in your fixed media um so a sampled uh, both double bass. So the, the double bass part was recorded. Um, it was composed in score and then recorded, and then I took samples from that. Oh, and nice! So to generate the track. Okay. Um, and then did the same for percussion, and then it just started to unfold into this kind of piece that, like, a bit of this and a bit of that, and let's add some of this. In. <laughs> and so it ended up having like electromagnetic recordings and field oh, recordings. Okay. Cool. Yeah. From all over the world. Yeah. Um. And uh, there's a few other things in there as well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, ma it's yeah. mainly electromagnetic field recordings and, and double bass is the, the core sounds for the For, for the sure. Track. So is the, how, what's the, first of all, what's the name of the piece? Or what's the, so yeah, the name the of title? the piece is always a useful thing to have. <laughs> um, is all things weep as if from frost into heat. Okay. It's beautiful. Is that from a line of poetry? Or? It is a line of poetry. It's very old poetry. Yeah. So um, in the Poetic Edda, um, which story, Snor Snorri Sturluson put together. Okay. <laughs> um, 
which I'm never sure if it's written or whether he compiled it. It's always a kind of this question. Mm. Um, he he writes about uh, one of the stories in it, which is Balder. Um, and Balder dies, essentially. And Balder's this god of music. He's mm. in Norse mythology. He's this kind of... Um, you can think of him a bit like Apollo, you know, the same sort of uh, uh, symbolic reasoning. Sure. Him. Um, and it wasn't so much the death of Balder that was like striking to me. It's kind of, I read, th- I read all this when I was much younger. Yeah. But yeah. it was just this line. You know, yeah. That it, it is such a kind of beautiful line within, within the context of it. But like mm-hmm. when Balder goes to hell, the whole world weeps, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. it's just this line in particular was something that interested me. Um, one as a kind of, uh, forming, you know, like the, the idea of from frost into heat, things thawing. Yeah. Um, yeah. This change of motion, change of speed, change of direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like when everything's changing, mm-hmm. right. That, that mm-hmm. aspect, I like things that are, um, kind of fully encompassing. Like I have this motto of more is more, which is why I was adding more and more to the okay. electronic track. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and so again, it's sort of the idea of everything weeping. Yeah. It, yeah. I don't know, it just stuck with me. And and the music isn't I wouldn't say it's like sentimental in any any way. Yeah. It's not it's not representative of Belder and Hell. It's not representative of, of really anything in terms of a narrative. But it is it is reflective of this interest in 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 these forms shifting and changing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so is that a, is that the common theme throughout the piece is taking these maybe snippets and seeing how you can like transform them? Yeah. And yeah. It, sometimes it's not even transformation. It's more just like the space they're in. You oh, know? Like okay. We, for we, sure. the, I use a lot of granulation. So that yeah, helps yeah, um, with yeah. transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the time it's kind of the, the transformation comes through layering. Okay. So the, the, some, a lot of the things might stay the same, but, um, through this layering, they just become part of this really dense, compact sure. kind of um, wall of sound. And yeah. in rehearsals, we've been like figuring out how to get the be- like all the instruments to actually speak out above oh, the track because it's a really the... dense track. Okay, got it, got it. Yeah, it's always tricky, right? Combining the acoustic with the electronic. And, yeah, you know, one of them has a volume knob and the other doesn't necessarily. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to say about it before we, um, sign off anything you want people to maybe listen for when they're, if they get a chance to listen to it? Um, I mean, the, the piece is still in progress in a way. So yeah. like I'm working with, with Max and Quincy on getting the piece as close to kind of, you know, the vision of it. And they've been amazing throughout the, the rehearsal process and, yeah. and the collaborative process. Yeah. Um, there's such good uh, they're amazing musicians, but they're such good sports as well in yeah. terms of like, you know, can we just change that? Can we do this yeah. instead? And like poor Quincy, I, I got him to learn this enormous like 30 second note part and I've just scrapped it, but he's like learned it. Oh and my I'm God. just like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so like, you know, a sort of hats off to them because they're, they're absolutely brilliant. Well, I think that's something I'm gathering is my first year at Splice, but the, that, that is, that type of collaboration is totally on the table to just like, what's going to work? All right, this isn't working. How can we make it sound better kind of thing? You know, so, you know, I love that, you know, it's really special. Yeah. And I I think for a lot of composers, that's not very common. Right. Especially working with an ensemble and having the opportunity to like work this intimately with an ensemble. Yeah. And it's been great. The waveform collective are great. Yeah. Excellent. I'm looking forward to hearing it, man. Great. Yeah, for sure. Thank you.
Um, we're here towards the end of our our week at Splice 2023. Um, I'm with uh, Ethan Isaac um, and had the pleasure of chatting with him throughout the week and getting to know him. Uh, we're also in an improvising ensemble as that is the theme this year at Splice. Um, and that's been kind of a cool, fun uh, thing to do with, uh, you know, individuals. Um, yeah, what's yeah. your experience been with the, the... The creative band? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm super excited about it. I've, right? I've been having an amazing time. Oh, yeah. Um, so you have a piece that's going to be uh, premiered uh, at the festival here. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, what's the title and uh, instrumentation? The title of the piece is Waypoints. Um, it's for a solo improviser and electronic backing track. Okay. Um, I constructed the backing track using a mix of tidal cycles, which is a coding language, okay. um, to generate interesting polyrhythmic cycles uh, with samples. Very nice. Very nice. Um, is that largely um, what what like um, what build is the code or like or you said the coding? It's like? Haskell. Okay. Which is a strange. I've been told I'm not really <laughs> much of a programmer. Yeah, but, for uh, sure. I've been told by people who are more experienced than I uh, that it's an academic programming language, okay. one that doesn't see much use in sort of commercial products. Okay. But it is often used for like experimental mathematics. Oh, interventions. Which is perhaps yeah. why it was chosen to be the controlling language for this subset of tidal cycles is what it's called. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, funny enough, tidal cycles is used mostly to control super collider. Okay. Got it. But something that I've done it's in the documentation. It's nothing like groundbreaking. Yeah. Um, somebody built a little plugin using Max for Live that converts messages from the language to uh, MIDI messages to control uh, uh, samples inside of uh, Ableton. Okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and using Ableton, I then took samples that I recorded as part of a, another project that I'm working on called uh, Ethereal Semantics, which is me and my uh, my friend Sam Bernhardt. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. We're working on a first release album, and as part of that, we built this big sample library using a harpsichord that I got for free. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> this awesome. old woman was getting rid of a harpsichord uh, and wanted to give it away to a musician, Yeah, and she paid me to take it away. Oh, my gosh. Part of me is worried that it may be haunted. Oh. but uh, <laughs> Have you had experiences that would suggest that? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Fortunately, it's just been a, a out-of-tune harpsichord. Yeah. Um, That's interesting enough, right? Yeah. You know, it's very timbrely rich and like yeah. a lot of opportunities there to work with. So me and my friend just spent like 20 minutes improvising and then threw it inside of some crazy processes inside of Ableton. Yeah. And I built this patch. Um Great. Using those samples, so you're so you're using Max as the delivery method of this this coding language. Got it. Got it. Honestly, one could just simply write these in sure. uh, as sequences, but it's very quick uh, to just type in like, "Oh, I want this crazy polyrhythm," um, yeah. and it'll do it. Okay, right away. Yeah, for and sure, it just happens. And uh, yeah, yeah. And so I take those, um, put them inside of a Max patch that simply is you know press a key to move to the next next uh, backing track. Okay. And then there are some pitch tracked um, samples that come in if they play a certain note oh. a certain number of times. Okay, cool. It's pretty straightforward. Okay, yeah. But yeah. the idea was giving the performer something to work with um, and letting them kind of have an adventure in this space that I've created. I've found like this week with like the theme being improvisation and we're attending and like participating in so many improvisation, like I don't know if I was talking to you about this, but like my 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 ability to actively listen by the end of the day is so exhausted because you're just like 
it is, yeah, you just become so interested in like all the different things that you're hearing. And especially if you're in a group and you're improvising, like you really have to like listen and like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's <laughs> by the end of the day, like my, my ears and my, like my listening brain is very tired. Yeah. 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 It's a big burnout, but the, it's so invigorating as well. Oh, totally. Honestly, I, I was, I'm hoping you feel as well. The creative band uh, was pretty it kind of heals you at the end of the day, I feel. In a lot of ways, I think so. And it's really cool to have these moments in the in the creative band where um, it's not so much like fighting, but you're you're kind of pushing, as we were talking about, like pushing limits in a way and mm-hmm. like seeing like what works with other individuals. And um, I mean, we've had, what, four rehearsals now or this yeah. will be fourth rehearsal today. Yeah. And um, I think like by the end of yesterday's rehearsal, we were like really entering some, some really... Um, uh, you know, just great territory and um, yeah. compelling. That's the word I was looking for. I found yeah. our, our improv last so last session was really interesting. Yeah. And yeah, I felt yeah. like we finally relaxed. Like at the end of the big group improv where we yeah. were giving, we were using Anthony Braxton's language music. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, I felt that was actually really freeing for all of us because mm-hmm. it no longer was uh, unsure. We were no longer unsure of what people were trying to get from us right because yeah. if somebody wanted something we could just make a signal at somebody and totally yeah. and whether or not we agreed we we, right. we, we <laughs> usually stuck with what they thought was good because we, we've actually begun to meld together as an ensemble and it, yeah. it worked out really well and and i mentioned it before but dana justin did just such a great job of giving everybody um facility and autonomy yeah. and like inviting you know us to like come in and um She's given us a really amazing framework. Oh, totally. I'm, and I, I have so many. I have, I have infinite amount of questions. Only so many, t- so much time to, that we have like to spend with her the rest of the week. But um, yeah. Well, we wish you the best of luck. Um, and uh, um, you got socials or whatever for people to um, follow you on. Kind follow of, me. Of. Follow me at at Methan Isaac, which is M I I T H A N. Yeah. Underscore I S A A C. Great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Ethan. Yeah.
Kreinberg. All right. We are here with Lainey Kreinberg Hello. at Splice 2023. Um, I've had the absolute distinguished pleasure of working with Lainey in the creative band. Um, we had Ethan on here earlier, who is also part of that group. Mm-hmm. But um, Lainey is a uh, composer performer here at Splice. Yes. There's a few of you around here. So what has that been like this week? It's been really wonderful. I feel like kind of like embedded in the nature of working with electronics, mm-hmm. you sort of have to be comfortable with both in a way. For sure. I'm definitely in the school of thought that composition and improvisation and performing are all kind of tangled together. And I feel like this space has been really accommodating to that kind of mentality, which I super appreciate. Yeah. And it's also just really lovely to be like amidst people that are like-minded in that way and our performance practices have a lot in common, but also to learn from people that are doing different things. It's just, I feel like I've never been like among this many people Mm. whose music is like so new and exciting to me and to also have the opportunity to talk to them all about it is really unique. I've never done anything like this, so it's definitely... I feel like my brain is like expanding. Oh yeah, and maybe overloading at the <laughs> yeah, same time. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. I'm t- I'm tired, but we're going. We're going. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I mean, the theme being improvisation this year, right? Yeah. And and a lot of the faculty that they have here. Um, I already mentioned Dana Jensen yes, when we we're queen. or Jessen, excuse me. I keep on wanting to say Jensen. Jessen, Dana Jessen. Um who has been working with us in the creative band um, is just an absolute gem um, and full of knowledge, you know, in terms of like how to go about improvising with like new people. Um, And so I think a question I have for you, and you've kind of already answered it, like improvisation seems to be like a very, um, like to the core of your practice based on, first of all, what do you, what would you describe you do or how would you describe what your, your instrument is? Such a good question. (laughs) I feel like this changes honestly so fast and all the time. I would say I can honestly just like list out (laughs) the things that I feel like I'm doing lately. Yeah. Um, when I perform acoustically, it's a lot of, free improvised voice Mm -hmm. which I think because of my electronics brain a lot of the sounds that I'm tending towards lately kind of mimic electronic sounds in a lot of ways so I feel like it's a lot of sound based noise based sort of stuff happening you, you create this wild like reverse sound when oh you're my like god yeah I, I like <laughs> i'm addicted to that honestly i probably should cut back on that <laughs> no, being i love it it's so <laughs> cool i was like absolutely blown away the first time i heard it i was like whoa wait you just did that naturally i don't know crazy no yeah i definitely <laughs> i kind of and this kind of i think was a big part of dana's talk yesterday about you know exploring the sounds that your instrument can make yeah for me it's a super like I think this is true for a lot of improvisers, but it's like a very spiritual experience in a lot of ways sure. or like it for, I think especially with voice, it forces you so much to get in touch with your body in a way that is like terrifying and really freaky. And yeah, I think this is common. I feel like I've heard a lot of folks kind of 
like navigate this same sort of situation of coming from some sort of classical background, feeling very stifled. I don't have a conservatory background, so I can't quite relate to that Mm. sort of burnout and boxing, but it sounds really intense and difficult. And I feel like even my kind of smaller classical background, I felt like this needs to change or my soul will break kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. And so I started honestly kind of thinking like, what are the grossest sounds I can make? What are the most embarrassing sounds I can make? And how do I, how do I grow to like them? Yeah. Yeah. Is a big part of it. Kind of a refining process. Yeah. Yeah. Or like kind of, I've been working a lot on this lately in lessons. Like, how do I set my body up to make a sound even though I have no idea what will come out and mm. I don't trust that it will be palatable or enjoyable. Mm. Um, okay. But I think it's a lot of, yeah, just kind of like unlearning a lot of things Yeah. and relearning a lot of things, but th- directly through my body. This is a long tangent on my list of things that no, I do, no, but yeah. it's what my mind is on yeah, It's all interesting. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're performing a piece. Can you tell us about what we can expect and the piece that um, you're going to be performing? Yeah, the piece that I'm performing, I'm calling it Grain Monism. Um, I'm using a custom controller that doesn't really have too many parts, but it's meant to look like grass it's made of artificial grass and some like twigs and moss and things like this okay um and sometimes i'm in the habit of calling the instruments that i build instrument systems because they're so integrated with the voice Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of processing that requires the voice and the controller to really be one thing Mm -hmm. um So that's what I'm thinking about in the way of what it will sound like. It will be, I've tried to do (laughs) a lot of, (laughs) I know, hard, hard to think about. No, I mean, and you can also leave it as a surprise for the listeners. Yeah. 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 I'll give, I'll give one little crumb. I'll give one little teaser, which is that I've tried, maybe you can try and hunt these down when you listen, but I've tried to make quote unquote natural sounds Mm -hmm. um, through synthesis. Mm -hmm. And then I've tried to kind of like freakify natural, Mm. like sampled natural sounds Mm -hmm. of like grass or wind and Mm -hmm. make them very unnatural sounding or gross sounding or whatever. So yeah. You will find out. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, I'm super excited to hear it. Yeah. Um, it's been such a pleasure, like, having you here at the Institute and getting to, like, know you and chat with you, yeah. but also, like, being able to collaborate with you. And Yes, the it's been so fun to play together. Yeah. So um, I'm really excited to hear you at the concert, and um, we'll, we'll see you then. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Of course.
All right. Well, we're here with Trey and Nash at Splice Festival, and we are actually on our last day where um, we just heard the first concert of three today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a marathon at the end here. Um, how do, how are you feeling? How was your you know experience with the performance? Um, uh, of the concert yeah. that we just heard? Yeah, uh, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, it's been great hearing people talk about their music mm. and then actually getting to hear the music because mm. it's really hard to tell what something's going to sound like when they're describing it. Right, um, right. But yeah, it's been great to kind of see a little bit of everyone's practice. Right. It's been kind of cool walking past some rehearsals as well mm-hmm. and being and then kind of connecting the dots during the week. Yeah. Where, oh, that was your piece that I yeah. heard and stuff like this. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, quite a few performances going on today. Oh, so, yeah. At yeah. least there's, there's like a nice long break between them all, right. which I think helps to... To be able to appreciate each concert in isolation a little bit. Right, right, right. I mean, we've just been, I mean, I'm going to say bombarded, which might have a <laughs> negative connotation, but we really have been just, you know, bombarded with all these, this music this week. And I know my ears are getting a little tired, but it's all, the, the level of artistry has just been so high and it's been so cool to experience that with so many know different people and the variety of you know music that we've heard yeah Yeah. definitely I think it's just always nice to be in such a supportive environment where people you know you'll do your piece and then people actually want to talk to you about it afterwards and and you want to talk to other people and kind of ask them what they're working on for sure so um speaking of that um I just heard your piece Mm -hmm. um can you um Tell the audience what your piece is and then maybe talk about it, or the name of your piece and then maybe talk about it a little bit. Okay, so my piece is called More Frogs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you about the title in a minute. Yeah, but um, yeah. So I basically uh, wrote it for Pope Bama, which is mm. Aaron Rodgers and Dennis Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Fantastic, fantastic, amazing duo mm-hmm. of uh, saxophone and percussion. Mm-hmm. Um so the piece is for saxophone and percussion, and then it also uses pre-recorded audio. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're using their effects pedals, mm-hmm. with which they're extremely competent. And then there's um, <laughs> the audience is all supposed to get a little bag of marbles, mm-hmm. uh, which they come in with at the end of the piece. So there's also an element of audience participation. Yeah, yeah. So was that... Um it's always interesting when you can engage the audience like that, of course. Was that was that something, was that a goal you had in mind when you were writing it? Or you thought it was just like, this is kind of something that has to happen? So actually, um, those marbles that I had, I used them in a wind ensemble piece recently. Mm. The members of the ensemble were mm-hmm, playing them. Mm-hmm. Um, the sounds themselves were inspired by frogs. Um, mm. So I live in Louisiana, mm. and uh, mm-hmm. the I live really near a little lake, um, and there's a lot of frogs there. They've been there for months. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first time I heard them, I was like, this sounds like marbles rubbing together. Mm. And ever since then, I've wanted to do something where... Uh, you know, everyone in the audience kind of gets their own marbles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought maybe to just do that as a standalone concept. Yeah. But then when when this piece came together, I thought, you know, since Dennis, the percussionist, is already playing with marbles, mm-hmm. it would really work and just bring kind of an extra dimension. Um, you know, the piece is kind of like a, a soundscape in a sense. So I just wanted the audience to be 
both part of the soundscape and also part of creating it as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, you're using a lot of different, um, especially on the percussion side of, you know, Pabama, you're, you're, you're having Dennis, um, you know, use water and like those sounds and um, kind of making the saxophone fit into that sound world. And then, like you said, through like processing and otherwise, you're, you know, you're really getting this, you know, diverse, lovely, you know, range of, um, you know, sonic exploration. So I applaud you on, you know, your, your ability to write that into a coherent piece. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. the, you know, the piece is mostly written instructions. Mm, um, mm -hmm. I did, uh, so the the performers, um, they do have some frog sounds, which I transcribed. Mm -hmm. um, and those are mostly, they don't have to, to do those, but they have the option just so they don't have to do all the work of, of finding their own frog sounds. Yeah, yeah. So, there is a little bit of transcription in the school, but it's mostly written instructions yeah. um, with some kind of vague timings and stuff like that. Sure. Um, but yeah, I find sometimes, you know, depending on the piece, um, written instructions are uh, a better means of communicating for certain types of music. Well, and, it, and it's the ensemble too, right? Like Pope Mama, like they've been here this whole week. They've been great. Um, check them out. Um, hopefully we'll get them on the, the show for their own kind of special um, spotlight, but um, I, you know, a large part of their deal is like improvisation and like how, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Dennis Sullivan communicate with each other. And like, that's, that's so cool to like, for them to be working with the, um, you know, participants of this festival and, you know, um, engaging in that, you know. Yeah. Although a lot of their stuff is actually very notated mm. and the, the notation that they write themselves and the other people write for them is often very, very inventive mm. because their their style calls for often new types of notation sure, as well. Sure, yeah. But yeah, I mean, they are just incredible performers. And when I was writing the piece, I wanted to write something that I felt would be a good fit for them. Yeah. Um, because, yeah. you know, you have to play to the strengths of your performance. Totally. Absolutely. Well, I think you did. Uh, you know, um, congratulations on the piece again. Oh, I, thank I, you so I much. really thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, is there anything else you want to Say to the audience, do you have any, uh, anything coming up you want to plug or any, you know, anything else we should be looking out for? Um, I, I'm not really working on anything right now. I'm mm. kind of between things. I'm about mm -hmm. to start my dissertation, mm -hmm. so we'll mm -hmm. see how that goes. Good but luck. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd just like to plug uh, the <laughs> Experimental Music and Digital Media Department at Louisiana State University. Okay, yeah. No, for sure. I've, so, never, yeah. I've never heard of that or that, that department, so I'll definitely check it out. Now, yeah, it's a know. great department. There's some people doing some really interesting things there. So, cool. yeah. Great. Well, thank you for giving All right. your time. Thank you so much. Yeah, sure. Really appreciate it. Yeah.
Thank <laughs> you. 